Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Well, I'm, I'm in a bikini. I'm hot. I'm sweaty and unattractive. My arms are sweating. It's really, it's, it's, it's been unbelievable, isn't it? I think the worst thing about this weather is having animals. I mean, it's so stressful. Absolutely worth it. And if I see one more person walking Walking. along with their dog, panting and struggling, I'm literally going to cull them. They don't deserve oxygen. I'm going to cull them. In fact, I was reading this week, just this week, a couple got married and a boarding kennel's come and picked up the dog took the dog, forgot that it was in the back of the car for three hours, and it died. So you're getting married, you've got your dog at your wedding, and you get a, you're responsible, you don't keep the dog there, you get someone to come and look after it, and they kill your dog leaving it in the van. So that was shocking. I actually don't trust kennels, dog walkers. There was a story, wasn't there, on Twitter where someone sent a dog to the dog groomer and it got heat stroke because they put them in automatic dryers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And another person And people, you know, are always commenting, aren't they, and sending emails, Liz, why do you take your dogs on dates? Why don't you leave them at home? Why do you employ Nicola full-time to look after them so they're not left? It's because I don't trust anyone else with them. No. No, and there was someone that posted on Twitter yesterday, took their dog out for 20 minutes and she died in the heat, took her to the vet, spent £500 and she died. And it's like, if it's boiling hot, leave your dog at home. There's so much you can do to keep them happy. You can do frozen Kongs, mine love peanut butter and banana. You can do ice cube trays with yoghurt and berries in. You can get cooling coats, that you like a little coat that you soak in water bring it out and it stays cold for hours they're fantastic you can get snuffle mats and and hide treats around the house there's lots and lots you can do you don't if it's hot it's not worth taking your dog out just wait no, until but my it's problem late. is i have to take gracie everywhere because she's so stressed and she's such a chewer yeah which is why i employ so many people yeah. i know i went to london a couple of weeks ago you were off sick your mum's got her cat, so I had to employ three different people to dog sit. Yeah. No, it's difficult. I mean, you know, I couldn't leave Charlie on his own. And it's as simple as if you can't do something because it's not safe for the heat to take your dog, then I'm afraid don't do it. Unless you can get someone else to look after your dog and you can make arrangements. No, but I had to do it because I had to go out and earn money. No, but I'm talking in general, in general. I mean, I over the last year with Charlie's ill, I didn't do anything that I didn't have to because my mum would have to look after him. And I certainly wouldn't have taken him out in the heat. But how do you feel about all these pictures of people going on holiday in airports and having to queue and their flights cancelled? Do you feel sorry for them or not? Yeah, of course, because you want to go and you want to have a nice time and, and it's horrible if it all goes wrong. Course, yeah, I do feel sorry for them. I'm jealous because I'd like a nice holiday, but I certainly don't want to be queuing at the airport and my flight cancelled. 
Well, the one time, I mean, I never go on holiday. The only I only travel for work. The one time I got caught up in airport chaos. Well, twice actually. Do you remember I had to fly to Las Vegas? Yeah. And I had to change planes at Los Angeles. You know, I hate changing planes. I don't like changing planes. Planes or trains. I like a direct route. I like to sit down and then I'm there. I don't want to change. But I get really anchious. Like, if I've got to change train, I'm anxious. Yeah, I remember that. I had to interview Davey Cassidy with a pair of knickers I'd worn for two days. It's all right. They were staying on. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) But my archive, looking at all these pictures of airport chaos, it was sort of the opposite problem. It wasn't hot and there weren't cancellations and everything. There was a little bit of snow in England. Oh, that's it. Grind to a halt, nothing functions. So this was December 2010, just before Christmas, and I was flying home from South America to Heathrow, having done a story on mining, of all things. The scene could have followed a shipwreck or an earthquake, detritus everywhere, people stripped of their dignity, dressing and undressing, sleeping open-mouthed, mothers breastfeeding where they sat on the floor. Above all, there was confusion. Voices boomed over the tannoy, but we could never catch what was being said. Well, I, I was deaf and I didn't have hearing aids I was going to say it was pre-hearing aids no what's annoying is they come along the queue shouting about are you on flight what if you're deaf I don't know what you're saying they shouldn't go around like signs love actually signs they don't go with signs we wandered around from one giant pile of luggage to another at Schiphol Airport Amsterdam examining the tags as if we were fingering the toes of corpses we felt like the walking dead anyway in the early hours of Saturday I'd left my hotel in La Paz the capital of Bolivia, to fly to Heathrow and joined the heaving mass of people whose Christmas travel plans have been so utterly ruined by a few inches of snow in Britain. I checked in my suitcase, which was full of Christmas presents, and asked if it would make it through the changes of plane at Lima in Peru and Amsterdam. I had to change twice. Yeah. I had to change planes yeah. twice. No, I'd rather not now. go. I'd rather, I wouldn't do yeah. it now. I would have another choice. It was nah, work. Nah, 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 nah. Yes, of course I was told there were no delays and proceeded to fly for 13 hours without a problem. We circled Amsterdam, having crossed a mountain range, a continent and the Atlantic Ocean, half an hour ahead of schedule. We landed and disembarked, blinking in the harsh light from the snow and emerged into the chaotic bedlam of the first world. I checked the departures at Amsterdam for my flight to Heathrow. Cancelled. I collared the first of very, very many men that day who wore a fluorescent gilet and brandished a walkie-talkie. Excuse me, can you tell me where I go to find out about my KLM flight to Heathrow? Look at the board. It's all on the board. I then rugby tackled a woman from the airline. Where do I go to ask about my flight? I have no idea, she said. But you work for the airline. You're wearing a badge. I'm just directing people to the self-service check-in. See, another (laughs) self-service check-in. Another member of staff told me that you will not get on a flight to anywhere near London for three days, so you have to leave the airport. I managed to glean from other passengers that there was a queue for hotel vouchers, but you had to be booked onto another flight first. How do I do that? I was given a piece of paper by another mute employee. 
this had a phone number on it. Anyone who didn't have a mobile was culled. How would, they, it, how would they function? Does anyone function without a mobile? Is it possible? Yeah, well, my sister Lynn doesn't have a mobile. <sighs> I just can't imagine it's possible. I called the number on the little piece of paper to be greeted by the message, you're in a queue, your call will be answered in approximately one and a half hours. Eventually, at 9.35pm on Sunday, I was put on a flight to Birmingham. I did not want to go to Birmingham. Everyone wants to go to Birmingham. At the gate, I asked the flight attendant whether my bag would be on board. I doubt it, she said. (laughs) Well, at least she was honest. (laughs) We sat on the runway for what seemed like the rest of my life. We were not given water. A young woman next to me had come from Madrid and paid an extra £900 to make the flight. A couple had been on their honeymoon in South America. This must be like a romantic adventure, I ventured to them. I found out my new husband doesn't cope well with stress, the bride answered. (laughs) Well, at least it's not Jurassic Park. At about midnight, we landed in Birmingham. My case was not on the plane. I managed to get a lift in another passenger's car to Heathrow. This passenger got her boyfriend to pick her up at Birmingham, so I got in their car. I was dropped at the car park at Terminal 4. It was now that my problems really started. My boots were in my suitcase, which I didn't have, so I was wearing flip-flops in the snow. Oh dear, you've done that before. My car, which I'd left there several days before, was beneath a mountain of snow I could not shift. It was now 2.30am and minus 12 degrees. A cold so bitter I began to understand why the airport was closed. I was unable even to unlock my car as the locks were frozen. I walked into the terminal. It was teeming inside and I couldn't get in. I knocked on the glass. (laughs) A security guide waved me away. (laughs) A woman at 3am in flip-flops, he waved me away from the building. Go away! I mimed driving a car. He put his head round the door and I told him I needed help getting my car out of the car park. The car park is closed, he said, like a robot. Maybe he is a robot. I walked back to my car. I was beginning to think I could die in this weather. I managed to get the boot open and shoveled away the snow, covering my car with the Pixie Lot CD before paying £181 for the privilege of parking there. My God, airport parking's shocking. Now, I know it snows. I know the airports and airlines were overwhelmed. I can't even blame the Jobsworth employees at all those airports who stood mute and uncomprehending, shoulders shrugging, staring into space. At what? What are they staring at? The life they could have had? (laughs) No, I blame the big corporations who pay a pittance to employees who are too poorly trained to even appear to care. I overheard one elderly couple, desperate to get to Heathrow, telling the woman behind the KLM gate in Amsterdam they had yet to see their grandson and were worried the presents they'd bought for him had been lost and they'd miss his first Christmas. This is the check-in, not insurance claims, she told them, not even looking up. Miserable cow. I eventually got home to Somerset. I still don't have my suitcase. I doubt the number I've been given. Your call will be answered in approximately two hours. I don't really care about the case, but I do mind that I was stripped of my humanity and tipped into a world where nothing matters but petty rules and spectacular indifference. Award winning. 
But then when I got to the bottom of the hill at Somerset, do you remember? I couldn't get oh, yes. the car up the hill. Yes. I had to walk up in flip-flops. I remember pushing your car up that hill. That wasn't that day. Was it a different day? No. With dog food. We had dog food, so we had to go get a wheelbarrow and push it up the I had to walk up that hill in flip-flops. That was a Miranda Priestley moment, actually, me pushing your BMW up the hill on ice. I probably had to get to work. Yeah, that was definitely... Was, he was going back home up that, up that hill. But that was definitely an MP moment. Yeah, we'll come into that in a minute. Do you want to know what I've been reading this week? What have you been reading? Why Did You Stay by Rebecca Humphreys. Now, this is a memoir... And it's got brilliant, brilliant, brilliant reviews. And she is the girlfriend of the cheating Strictly Dancer, Sean, with two N's. I was going to say, I'm glad you give a name because they all seem to be cheating Strictly Dancers. It happens a lot, doesn't it? When he, when he was pictured kissing his partner, his dancing partner, she sent a tweet that went viral and it ended with, sorry, I took the cat. And actually, I think, sorry, I took the cat would have been a better title than why did you stay? What a great thing to say. Bye, took the cat. There's a great sentence in the book about the reason she's written it. She says, I'm still seeing with my own eyes some of the coolest, cleverest, sexiest women allowing their brilliance to be drained in the name of love. I needed to write the book because, as Jane Fonda said... Once you know what's wrong and you stay silent, you're part of the problem. And so it's a funny, brave and honest book that will change lives. That's one of the reviews. I haven't stopped talking about this book. So is it like... Um, Sean Walsh, that's his name. Is that is is it a book about her experience with him cheating or is it like a, a, a what to do if your boyfriend cheats? Well, it's sort, sort of, of both, book. really. Uh, it's why she stayed. Um, he sort of gaslighted her. Um, and told her she was mad and she'd find texts to other women on his phone he's got awful hair as well hasn't he oh my god what a burk <laughs> she'd find texts to other women on his phone he'd get angry because she found the texts he was angry because he'd been caught because I found the emails and the texts so my husband just got angry because I'd found them the why did you look at my phone or hang on a minute if I looked at your phone you didn't have anything bad on there it wouldn't matter yeah I don't yeah it's amazing how men do that. So whenever she questioned him, he called her psycho nuts mental. Nice. So her post post went viral and sparked a national conversation about emotional abuse and gaslighting. But among the messages of support came the question: If it was so bad, why did you stay? And I think she stayed because he earned more money than her. She was living in his nice home. She questioned herself. She thought if she tried hard enough, it might work. I think there's so many reasons, isn't there, why people stay when they probably shouldn't. And, and, and I think bringing up money is a huge one. You know, if, if you, someone else is the breadwinner or you've got nowhere to go or you've got kids to worry about and feed, you put up with stuff you wouldn't. But he, but he he's undermined her as well. So he, she, she was go off to auditions... And he said, oh, you probably won't get the part. That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. now, Paul, now, Paul, I've got to file a piece on skinny models in 20 minutes. Oh, well, tell them to F off. And he said, 
don't ever write a column with your opinions. Don't ever write a column with your opinions, he no, said. that's awful. So it undermined me the whole time. That's awful. And it, is, it does really beg, doesn't it? Why do, why do you put up with a partner that's going to make you unhappy, undermine you and not be supportive? It, it's really... Well, do you ask yourself that? Yeah, I think I think we all do. If if if, if there is loads of reasons, aren't there, why you might stay in a situation? You might just feel trapped in it for some reason. You might not feel because of other stuff going in your life that you're able to deal with that particular situation. You can put it on hold while you deal with the other stuff. There's there's so many reasons. You've not got any confidence. I think I didn't shut my husband out until the final final straw when he cheated again and ruined my holiday well that was yeah that was a holiday but I wrote about it so it sort of work and I told him if he ruined it he'd have to give me the plane fare and he never did so I want it still I want my plane fare because I told you I warned you if you ruined my trip you would have to pay the fare and you didn't he didn't pay the fare I want my money back not going to happen though is it and she talks about forgiveness and I've never forgiven my husband for what he did, even though he blames me for being too old and successful. Um, and she doesn't forgive. And there's a great line in the book. She says, I'm not entirely convinced that in certain circumstances, forgiveness isn't one of those pleasing feminine qualities that serve to make women more palatable, like martyrdom or anal bleaching. Who does that? Who does anal no, bleaching? That's why? a great line. It is a great line, but oh my God. No, don't look at my bottom. Go no, away. Go away. Get away from my back bottom. Back away from the bottom. I just, yeah, I mean, with forgiveness, I think the problem you get is when it makes you bitter and twisted and resentful and then it spills over into ruining your life and changes who you are as a person. That, I think, is the problem. I don't think you have to forgive someone, but don't let it make you I bitter and twisted. Anyone. Don't let it make you into a horrible person or make you into something that you don't want to be. No, I think really all you can do is learn from past relationships yeah. and not make the same mistakes again. If I learn from past relationships, basically I'm on my own for the rest of my life. That's what I've learned. But after this scandal erupted and he was photographed kissing his dancer... I wrote a piece in the mail on Sunday, an opinion piece. So I did write, and it's the most shortlisted column for opinions in the whole history of the award system. Right. <laughs> in October 2018, he then went back onto the Strictly dance floor, having been named and shamed on the, on the tabloids. He's got balls. Don't I'll stick up for him. So I had to review that episode of Strictly where he appeared, having done that. And so this is from October 2018, the night he re-emerged, blushing. It was the moment millions of Britons twitched a metaphorical lace curtain to witness the walk of shame, or, to be more precise, the Charleston of cheating. All eyes were on Strictly's naughty couple. Comedian Sean, S-E-A-N-N... Walsh and his professional partner Katia as they took to the floor for the first time since that kiss BBC bosses had mooted that Katia might swap the habitual skimpy outfit for a scratchy tweed skirt suit in the end she was in red shorts and a striped top the strictly come dancing equivalent of a burqa <laughs> in the end it was all a bit Stalinist Russia 
the sorry story of their illicit smooch was deleted with the only reference Claudia's quip that it's been a quiet week and Tess's response, apart from the odd headline, no one had thought to sort Sean's S-E-A-N-N wet look perm, which made me wonder how we snared Katia to kiss him in the first place. The reception from the audience was warm, but we all know the Strictly crowd are habitually prodded into action with tepid wine and biscuits. And the dance? We had to wait until 8.16pm, which made me think the BBC wanted to eke it all out and for us not to disappear to put on the kettle. In the end, the dance was quite physical, but not in a remotely sexy way. It was like watching extrovert siblings wrestling. That was brave, said Tess when they'd finished. And she was right, they had more front than Blackpool. Darcy Bustles thought Sean, S-E-A-N-N, <laughs> clumsy. You can say that again. It was his girlfriend's birthday. He kissed another woman on his girlfriend's birthday. They're not going to think of it. Men don't think of those things. They're not ruled by their head, are they? Everyone seemed to be patting these two lovebirds on the back, which was strange, given the pain you feel when your loved one cheats on you. You can tell I'm bitter. Sources backstage said that Sean, S-E-A-N-N, had been shaking like a leaf before taken to the floor. One said it was touch and go whether he'd be able to dance. He was petrified. He was beside himself. Should have thought of that. He has talked through the repercussions of not taking part, but decided he could do it. He was shaking like a leaf. Sorry, I've got no sympathy. There is no way I can condone his behaviour. He and Katia might be all smiley and covered in glitter, but to be honest, the show just got very dark indeed. The couple got 28 points, which meant they were safe. Could we please chuck rotten eggs at them instead? and forcibly remove a consonant from S-E-A-N-N. <laughs> You're not letting that one go, It would make a nation of cuckolded women very happy indeed. I think someone commented after I wrote that piece that this, you have used the word cuckolding wrong because only men can be cuckolded. I think women can as well, I well, It's the principle, isn't it? I hate, nit- Do you know, I hate people that nitpick, that pick on things and tear it Look apart. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture. It really drives me mad. Detail or in Peter drives me nuts when they pull things apart. It's like, you know, when I wrote about... It was either Jeremy Hunt or Tom Hardy. They blur in my dreams. Oh, yeah, because they're so alike. They're I so alike. I said that they reversed my menopause and made my ovaries explode and someone on twitter said liz your ovaries don't explode because you've gone through the menopause and you're just a husk okay thank well, you <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> anyway there's another little regular segment of the column coming up now not column there's another regular segment of the podcast coming up now which one we know we normally have a miranda Priestley quote of the week we do we're now going to have a Liz Truss moment of the week. <laughs> Liz Truss, oh God. She's been tormenting me with this all week. Because Nicola has turned into Liz Truss. When it all broke that Boris Johnson had resigned and there was going to be a wacky races for the leadership, Liz Truss posted on Twitter, I will be releasing a statement shortly. <laughs> 
So every day I say to Nick, Nick, what time are you coming to work? And do you know what she replies? I will be there shortly. So, of course, so I Nick, get the least you trust. You are not... You, Nick, you are not foreign secretary. I don't even like the foreign secretary saying I will be releasing a statement shortly. Just do it. Or don't do it. It's cryptic. It's cryptic. It's chippy. It's No, we're banning chippy. We're banning chippy. It's overused. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Well, the heading this week, and don't groan and don't email in, in which I get excited about David's visit for his birthday weekend. They're going to groan. They're going to email in. Let's just, let's just get this out of here now. I'm groaning. A quick recap. I have sex with the rock star. He loses his jacket. I, on the other hand, find out I have cystitis. That's another word that crops up a lot in the podcast, isn't it? Cystitis. Ever such a lot. Way too much. I asked David if he wants to get back together or not. I sent up a proof of my column, which details him telling me his heart and mind are screaming yes, that his body is saying no, that he's gone into a physical decline and he has accepted his fate. In short, he says I can... In short, he says, I deserve better. I just thought it'd have been the other way round. His body would be screaming yes and his heart and mind would be saying no. Don't say that. In order for him to allow me to print that conversation, which I find sad and guilt-making, I dent his resolve with an invitation to the Yorkshire Dales for his birthday weekend. Do you know what David replies? Go on. I will be there at 7pm on Friday and I will bring bread and gin. Oh, OK. Change his mind then, quick. What do I do? I email Rudding Park, Hotel, Spa and Golf. Forget the golf. <laughs> God. In Harrogate and I book a hair roots retouch, extreme bikini underarm, nostril and half leg wax, including toes, pedicure, eyelash and eyebrow tint. So you're not planning on getting your leg over at all, then? Well, this is what you have to have. So if, you, if you're in a relationship or just having a weekend and it's someone's birthday, you, the law is you have to have sex with them. They have to get sex on their birthday. No, no, not in my world, no. Cake? No, cake, yeah, cake. They can have cake. I have laser treatment for thread veins when I'm in London for work. I wash my cushion covers... I take the dog beds to the laundry. Gracie, the woman says with a soft sigh. Did she assume that she'd weed on them? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I go to the dry cleaners, they always go, Gracie? <laughs> it's so true, though. Then I made a shopping list for Waitrose in Harrogate. It's long. I will need a trolley and help with packing. Cumin, white pepper. White pepper. For white pepper man. A cauliflower, spinach, chickpeas, chilies, tomatoes, basmati rice, ginger, coriander, an unwaxed lemon, andrex wipes, my special toothpaste, artisan tonic water, flowers, though men never notice them, a few 60s man things like marmalade. <gasps> Love marmalade. What's wrong with marmalade? Then I email David and say, excited, we can watch Paul McCartney live at Glastonbury on Saturday night on telly. 
Well, that was a disappointment. I've been mulling over what I should get him for his birthday as a gift. I've already done NPL cashmere twice, a gold-plated Dunhill lighter, a Burberry suit, an iPad, a holiday in Marrakesh, in the hotel where they filmed The Night Manager, in the room where the woman was murdered. They cleaned it up, the, all the fake blood, though. I was in the room where the woman was murdered. I'd the want night that manager. man in my room. That's what I'd want, that, that Tom Hiddleston man. That's what I want. Dinner at the River Cafe. Dinner at Heston Blumenthal at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. The only thing they gave me was stuffed celery. Who wants stuffed celery? I don't want celery. These posh things are not good at vegan food, are they? They're just not. A private concert inside Abbey Road Studios. Wasn't you singing, was it? No, it should have been, though. <laughs> a mini break at the Plaza Athena in the Carrie Bradshaw suite when he kept ordering 30 euro espressos and complaining they were cold. A catwalk show at the French Embassy in Kensington. He sat next to a model. A week in a villa in Saint-Tropez where he over-reduced the tomato sauce in the villa. And cleared the fridge of food and alcohol, which I would have left for the cleaner. A trip to Dublin when I was on a TV show. Oxford for a debate starring me at the Union. A film premiere when I introduced him to Dave Gilmore and he sat next to Joan Bakewell. But now I have just the thing. I know he will be delighted with his gift. It will transform his life. I simply cannot wait. And do you know what he replies to his offer at the birthday weekend and the life-changing gift? Something grateful. White pepper. Something grateful and, and enthusiastic. It was a big pot of white pepper as well. <laughs> do you know what he replied? What did he reply? Hi. I have been thinking about this. Perhaps it would be best not to travel because of the train strikes. I hope we meet at some time. <sighs> Backtrack. Uh oh. Backtrack. Block him. Block, Block him. him. Block, Block him. him again. Yeah. Block him. When you say, I hope we meet up at some time. That's very vague and cryptic, isn't it? That That's, let's not meet up, isn't it? Hi. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. <laughs> Did it hurt? <laughs> you can't be like. No, no, this is What isn't am gonna I going to do with the marmalade? I've got a marmalade mountain. I love marmalade. Give it to me. I love marmalade. Oh. I'm much more grateful for marmalade than White Pepper Man will be. Anyway, so next week we're not taking any letters. We're not taking any questions from the floor. Don't listen. Don't listen. I shall bundle them all up and put them on the end. I will. Don't about listen. that column. We're just going to brush it under the carpet and pretend it never happened. No, we're not. And I'm going to have to send back the white pepper. We have an obligation to the listeners to have their voice heard. You write in. So what? what's your um, moans this week? What are you moaning about? Oh, I forgot the moans. Well, it's been just one long moan, hasn't it? <laughs> How can you forget the moans? Actually, I had a moan this morning. This man in a uniform was outside making my dog's bark so I lean out the top window and what do you want he said is this number two and I said but there's a number three on the door what do you mean can you not read numbers it's a, Go quite, a, big, it's quite a big number three as well isn't it 
What else have I moaned about? Oh, Airbnb owners. I hate all of them, especially the one in Edinburgh who, when I complained that there was no cafetiere for me to make coffee, said it was stolen. Just buy another another one with your vast untaxed riches. Yes, for the hundreds of pounds that you charge a night. Nine hundred pounds. Go to Tesco's and buy a nine ninety nine cafeteria. It was a cafeteria. Do you know the last thing I'm going to moan about this week before we get to the letters? Go on. Patch tests. Patch tests. Yeah, but if you have laser treatment or your hair dye, even though you've had your oh, hair dye yeah, since yeah. you were twenty eight, I think you're going to need a patch test. No, I will take the risk. I will take the risk that the hair dye and the laser aren't going to kill me. Yeah, now that gets on my nerves as well. 24 hours, I'm not going to travel 24, I'm not going to go to the same place twice within 24 hours. I'm too busy. Patch test. No, stop it. Bugger off. Bugger off and block them. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Do you want to hear what the, the listeners are saying? Yeah. Well, we had a tweet. Well, I had a tweet from Dofro J, who says, "Who has a name like that?" Must be meaningful. Um, the only podcast I've skipped. The political analysis isn't one of your many talents, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. To be fair. I also think you didn't read the room. Think about your podcast audience. Many who think he's a brilliant PM. So we were talking about Boris, Boris. Johnson, Gogglebox style when he was um, doing his non-resignation speech. So she, he, she says, many who think he's been a brilliant PM on things like the Ukraine and the Vax rollout. He ate some cake, though. So that sort of upset me a little bit because... I don't want anyone to not listen to the podcast just because we say something that they don't agree with. Because, like, we all have our own opinions. We all got our own where we're coming from. And no, I only want people listening who agree with everything. No, but we, that's the point, isn't it? We all have... I mean, you and I disagree on a lot of things. Everything. Every, most things. But, you know, it doesn't mean we can't have a conversation or you wouldn't listen to the rest of the podcast. So I was a bit sort of upset about that. I thought that was a bit sad, really. And to say... I think this leadership race is going to get a lot dirtier before it ends. It is. They're all slinging mud, aren't they? No, it is. It's beginning. Except for Rishi, who's trying to be, like, nice. He's a a nice boy. Apart from the fact he agrees with animal testing. So, no. Block him. But, yeah, he he ate some cake, though. Well, my mum's neighbour lost both her parents to COVID within a week of each other and couldn't visit me in the hospital. So, people, there are going to be people that really object to parties and things you know so it's not it's not insignificant let's not make breaking the rules you create insignificant do, do you know what i mean so but we've all got our own opinion and that's great but you're not going to host news night are you i'm now? not no i'm not going to host i don't think anyone would want me on news night like like that like this person says it's not one of my many talents i've just got an opinion like everyone else paulie and actually i felt sorry for him i did feel sorry for him standing there and I, you know with all these ministers 
like handing in the wrist and I actually did feel sorry for him. So Paulie, But he still got the hairstyle he had when he was four. Yeah, do you know my nan went her whole life, her whole and the Queen as well, the same hairstyle their whole entire lives. The Queen's never changed her hairstyle, has she? Nor did my nan. Same thing. But they've got a lot in common, haven't they, in your fact, mum and the Queen? No, not my nan and the Queen. I think I think actually it's the same hairstyle. It's not even a different hairstyle. I think she copied her. Like you and Megan, do you know what I mean? My nan and the Queen, it's the same thing. So Pauline says, another fun uplifting podcast, it's my me time, bath, kids band and a glass of wine. I don't get to go out much and miss the girly banter. I love the yin and yang relationship you have. So much fun to listen to, but so many great thought-provoking conversations. Can we have the podcast more often, please? No, I'm who's, too busy. Who's yin and yang? I think that I think I think you'll be the yang, won't you? I'm chalk. You're ch- full fat cheese. Full fat cheese. I'm 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 yin. I think because I'm more feminine and gentle. Um, no, you're the you're the Harry. I don't want to be Harry. I, I want to be the girl for once. Yin at least is the female side. Right, and last but not least is an email from Lindsay who says, All power to you, Liz. Why not double park? It's not like you're trying to hide anything, ha-ha. Column, I think. You're single and of age, and you do as you damn well please. Enjoy the ride. Boom, boom. Get it? Enjoy the ride. One of them's just fallen fallen by the wayside. Yeah, but he wasn't worth mounting anyway. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about this. I I think you can take that as a... Not coming ever. <laughs> well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.